It's time for Blessed to Play on EWTN Radio, uncovering the role that faith plays in the lives of sports professionals from around the country. And now, here's your host, Ron Meyer. Fire score! Welcome everyone to 30 Minutes of Spiritual Sports Radio. I'm Ron Meyer. My guest today is widely considered one of the best head coaches in the National Football League. John Harbaugh has led the Baltimore Ravens to 82 wins, including playoffs, since his tenure began in 2008, second most in the NFL over that span. His 10 playoff wins are the most by any head coach in the NFL since 2008, and in 2012, he captured the franchise's second world championship. I'll also talk with John about faith and how his relationship with Christ guides him to be the man he is today. Coach, it's so good to have you on. Ron, it's great to be with you. Always always a pleasure. Now, as I look at your coaching experience, you made a lot of stops along the way from being an assistant, I believe, at five different colleges, then in the NFL with the Eagles, which leads to the head coaching gig in Baltimore. John, I'm sure you had a lot of mentors along the way, none better than your father, Jack. Is your philosophy of coaching derived from those who taught you along the way or perhaps in combination with your own thought process in regards to coaching? Right now, Ron, you, you kind of hit it on the head. It all it all definitely goes together. I think we all probably find that in every area of our life. But you know, those you're around, head coaches, assistant coaches, even players. You know, over the years, I know Brian Dawkins taught me as much about safety play as anybody you know I've ever been around. I'm sure he didn't teach me everything he knows. So you know, it's just you get it, you touch people along the way. I think you know, I kind of look at those as divine appointments and opportunities that God puts people in your path for a reason and. You know, you get so much, uh, you know, so much good from each person and, and learn so much. So, you know, our dad obviously was a big influence on us from a coaching perspective. I mean, you always want to walk in your father's footsteps and, and then right uh, down the line with different coaches and players and associations. Now, speaking of your dad, he was a longtime collegiate head coach and assistant under Bo Schembechler at Michigan. Most men don't want to discuss work when they get home, John, but was there a lot of X's and O's discussions around the dinner table growing up? Probably, you know, we had then or players, you know, we're talking about players and what was going on and different things like that. It was always fun. He always had a 16 millimeter projector in the basement, so you know that, that <laughs> projector would go on. You hear it start clicking off over and on and off and stuff like that. And we, you know, work our way down there and just kind of hang out with our dad while he's doing that. So, you know, hopefully something rubs off, you know, over time a little bit at least. So, does that give you the impetus to get into coaching? You've seen this. You grew up with it. Was that your desire from, uh, say, an early age? Yeah, I don't know. You know, it's one of those things people say that. I know my brother sometimes says that, but I don't know if uh, if anybody really has that for sure what they want to do. You know, I'm going to be a fireman or a policeman or a football coach or whatever. You know, it just got to be through college we played. For me, the biggest thing was, and I realized this once I started helping my dad as a, as a volunteer coach way back in 1984, the, as a football player, you don't want to let go of the, the camaraderie, you know. Being around the guys, being a part of a team, mm-hmm. the good friendships that you have, common cause, those are things that are so huge in sports that you know you get to hang on to when you when you become a coach. Blessed to play Ron Meyer. I'm joined today by Baltimore Ravens head coach John Harbaugh. Now, I know you constantly preach the team philosophy and individualism is frowned upon. In the NFL, unlike college, it's a business, and players essentially are workers. How do you get a player to buy into that team philosophy when the player may believe if they don't look out for number one, I may be out of a job. Right, yeah. Well, you know, it's, it's interesting. The word individualism, I think, is something that you have to have to nuance a little bit and take a look at because, you know, uh, 
we are we are definitely a team endeavor, but this country is founded on, on rugged individualism, so to speak. So what kind of individualism are we talking about? And we're talking about a team, especially a sport like football, I think we're talking about selfless individualism. Now, that's the kind of individualism that we, we like and we uh, we kind of promote. You know, selfish individualism is the kind of individualism that looks out for self first and doesn't have any regard for one another. That gets exposed pretty quickly in a team environment, and obviously we're opposed to that. So we, we root that out anywhere we can. But selfless, service individualism where you're trying to become the very best you can be, do your job, make your contribution, be your very best, uh, that's pretty valuable. John, I find this always interesting, and coaches have different philosophies on this. You hear sometimes them saying, I treat everybody the same. But can you really treat each player the same? No, I don't think that's really true. I mean, the standard, you know, has to be the same for everybody in a lot of ways. You know, we we uh, we have a locker room. You know, everybody has a, We don't have a star system. We have a team system. But we believe, you know, uh, uh, a star, so to speak. We have, But we have stars, not a star system. A star shines the brightest when he plugs into to all the other players on the team. And uh, so um, it's about it's about a team. It's about one another. It's about helping everybody be their best. Now, what's the most gratifying part of being a head coach besides you're working? It's a job for you. And what's the toughest thing you have to do as the leader of a team? Uh, probably the toughest thing is, you know, you deal with some of the outside. Uh, we have we have a saying here, you know, uh, four fights in the first fight is, is we're going to face every day four fights. And the first one is us versus them. You know, there's a lot of enemies, you know, out there that uh, – that don't have, you know, our best interest in heart individually or as a team. Mm-hmm. And, you know, you've got to fight those fights. And sometimes, you know, you've got to fight your own self-discipline and obedience and ability to deal with, uh, you know, attacks from out the outside. Uh, that's probably the toughest and the hardest part. The best part is the relationships, you know. The uh, the brotherly love, I think, that is, uh, is built in this kind of an environment, man. I mean, that's that camaraderie I was talking about before. It's just such a huge, wonderful thing. And you create these um, these friendships for life, players, coaches, people who work with us. It's just pretty awesome. Now, John, I know you, you coached at the collegiate level uh, and now obviously in the pros. Is there a difference as far as relationships go? You're forming young men in college, but now at the pros, they're grown up and it's a job. Uh, talk about the differences in those relationships. Right. You know, the biggest, it's not really too different in the sense that it's still, it's still you know, brothers and there's a bond there. The age, obviously, so you deal with a different set of, issues uh guys are at different places in their lives i mean some of the younger guys we have are right there right out of college and they have the same type of um, you know things that you relate to that the college guys do um the uh the guys who've been you know 10 year vets 5 year vets 15 year vets they're in a whole different place in their life so your relationship is 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 based on different type of things but you know when you're a coach and you you're my age and you've done it as much as you have we I've been through all those stages of life <laughs> so it's pretty easy to relate you know, on whatever level you have to relate on. So I think it's a little more interesting at this level because of that, because you have so many more guys in so many different, uh, you know, paths and places in their life. Blessed to play Ron Meyer. I'm joined today by Baltimore Ravens head coach John Harbaugh. Now, John, I like to talk about the 2012 Super Bowl winning Ravens club. Uh, the team had a good regular season record, but not dominating at 10-6. and six. Was this the most talented Ravens team you coached? And from the head, your head coaching perspective, what made that team so resilient, especially in the postseason? Uh, I don't think it was our most talented team. It's probably why you're asking it. Our, our most talented team was probably the, uh, actually the 2011 team that lost in the championship game up in New England. But uh, uh, th- this was just a very resilient team, as you said. This is a team that kept fighting, won some close games, overcame some really tough losses. I mean, 
you know, we could have easily been 12 and four. Probably could have been eight and eight. We could have been 13 and three, 14 and two. Uh, but those tough losses that we had, calls went against us, or we didn't make a play when we needed to, or we let them score at the end. You know, those were all games that guys, you know, didn't really bat an eye. Uh, we had some external situations that you know about that came up that <laughs> our guys uh, were able to focus through. So I was really proud of the way the guys handled those things in the end. You know, then to go into Pittsburgh and, and win there, which was a tough game, which I know you were at, Ron. I was. So that was that was special. And then and we played very well in New England in a lot of ways. So yeah, you know, I thought these guys, you know, in the end were the very best you know football team that we could be, and that's really what you look for as a coach. Yeah, there's so many anecdotes surrounding that 2012 Super Bowl winning club, and I'm not going to go into all the questions that everyone has asked you already about you and your brother, but I want to ask you something about your parents. How did your mom get through that game? Oh, man, I tell you, I, I've seen some clips of her on TV, and she just sat there. And my mom, anybody that knows my mom knows that that is not her. I mean, she's usually very vocal. She's usually leading cheers, you know, with the <laughs> fans around her in the stands. She might have a word or two for the officials occasionally. Uh, so uh, for her to sit there kind of stone-faced the whole game, I had to be the hardest thing in the world for her, you know. And, uh, so I don't, I don't know if they really want to go through that again anytime soon. Yeah, talk about a parent that has to be torn in a Super Bowl. Uh, you know, I feel for her immensely. Now, that Super Bowl was termed Harbaugh Bowl, of course, coaching against your brother Jim and the Niners. But what many listeners may not know, that was the second Harbaugh Bowl. The first came on Thanksgiving Day 2011 when you and your brother Jim coached teams, I believe, right before your parents' 50th wedding anniversary. So, so much has been talked about the Super Bowl. But, John, talk about the first Harbaugh Bowl and who came out on top. Well, that was pretty crazy. You know, they, uh, Jim was Jim's first year and they were having a great year. Uh, I, you know, it's funny. I joked with them, you know, we needed the game a lot more than they did and we, we did manage to win. Now they had to fly all the way across country for a Thursday night game. So they were at a big disadvantage there, but we had, you know, we played great. We had, you know, defense got a bunch of sacks. It was right before my mom and dad's 50th wedding anniversary. So everybody was here. We had all kind of family came into town and, well, we had we had Thanksgiving the next day. Jim wasn't there; he flew back with his team. But um, so it was great. It was one of those, you know, when you win, it's great, and and they bounced back and obviously got to the NFC Championship game, so they did just fine. But that was the first one. That was probably the one that was the Super Bowl was harder. You know, that one was more of a wow. Can you believe that we're on the opposite sidelines? The Super Bowl was like that too, because obviously it was a Super Bowl. But that was one. Just this is just almost more more difficult in some ways, a lot of ways. Yeah. John, so many coaches, uh, you know, it's like an apprenticeship. The uh, the players uh, look how they're being taught under you, or you see the the, the great coaches that uh, we could talk about in the NFL, uh, the Hallises and the uh, of the world. Do you see yourself uh, teaching the respective players to be students of the game as well, besides just playing the game? Oh, absolutely. That's a huge part of the job. You know, probably as a head coach, you might do more of that than you do um, the specific X and O teaching, and we do some of that. But we have we have great coaches who, who drill down really deep in their positions and coach guys specifically. But, you know, as a head coach, you try to set the tone every single day, really every single minute, but certainly with the first meeting of the day in terms of how we're approaching the day and what the expectations are and then, you know, what, what it takes to, to not just study generally but study this team specifically across the board. You know, I think you set the tone that way and try to teach guys it's part of the maturing process, especially with those younger guys we were talking about before. All right, it's halftime here on B2P. More with Baltimore Ravens head coach John Harbaugh. Keep it here. This is Let's Play. 
O Lord, you see how everywhere the winds have burst forth and the sea is convulsed with the great violence of the rising waves. Command, we beseech you, you who alone are able, both the winds and the sea. Restore to mankind the true peace of your name, that peace which the world cannot give, and the calm of social harmony. Under your favor and inspiration, may man return to do order, and having overthrown the rule of greed, bring back again as ought to be the love of God, justice, charity toward neighbor, temperance in all desires. May your kingdom come. May all recognize that they are subject to you and must serve you who are truth and salvation, that without you they labor in vain. In your law is reason and fatherly kindness. You are ever at hand with your strength and your copious power to help man to keep it. Life upon earth is a warfare, but you watch the contest and aid man to conquer. The weak you sustain, the victor you crown. Amen. Welcome back to Bless to Play, and now here's your host, Ron Meyer. Welcome back to Bless to Play. Ron Meyer joined today by not only one of the best coaches in the NFL, but a quality individual. John Harbaugh, the head coach of the Baltimore Ravens, is with us. John, one thing we don't often get to hear, especially in the media, is the faith life of an athlete or coach. Somehow we are more comfortable talking about sports and other interests, but faith is pushed to the side. However, we are spiritual beings created in God's image and likeness, and I know your relationship with God is important to you. By way of background, talk about growing up. Was the faith an important part of your young life? Definitely. You know, we grew up, we, uh, we went to Catholic schools up through eighth grade, and, uh, you know, so obviously we went through that tradition, and that was really, that's our faith, you know, all of us, my mom. And dad both uh, were Catholic. My my mom, uh, you know, Catholic Italian, Italian Catholic, and Polish. That combination. So <laughs> that was that was strong background in the Catholic Church. And we've always, I think, we've all, all felt really strongly about the history and the tradition and the uh, you know kind of the theological connection all the way back to, to to Jesus Christ Himself. You know, through the Catholic Church and all the things that the church has actually been through and come through, kind of relates to you know an individual's life and you know and the redemption part of that. So. You know that's uh, always been a big part of it, but faith and the personal relationship with, uh, with with Jesus Christ is the most important thing in my life and and anybody's life. You know, searching for and finding that is really what it's all about. So, when did you come to the realization or understanding that God needs to be priority, and how you live your life needs to be directed to Him and doing His will? Well, you know what, Ron? I'd say I'm, I'm still doing that. You know, that's the process. I don't. To me, there's never a lightning bolt moment mm-hmm. that you say, "Okay, God needs to be the priority," because you know there's always priorities that are attacking you. You know, and from different directions that challenge that that belief. It's something that just kind of has to be intertwined over time. I think in your experiences. But there was a moment where I, you know, came to the realization and the the the, uh, the uh, made the decision or the choice that. That I that I was going to put it all in, in, in Jesus's hands. That 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 was that, that was where my trust was going to be in that relationship with with Christ as a Savior and as a personal Savior. And that to me is the thing that is the most important moment and decision that anybody can make. You know, God reaches out to us, you know, through His Son, through grace, through the cross, and uh, and 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 holds His hand out to us. And and really, all we have to do is is grab it. 
turn and face God and grab his hand. And, uh, and yeah, even if we don't grab his hand, he'll go scoop us up and bring us to him. You know, we just have to, we just have to go, you know, and, and that's the first thing. And then the rest of it, what you're talking about, you know, that sanctification, that happens uh, throughout the course of the rest of our life, I would think. Yeah, amen to that. We will get purified. And if we follow Christ, we also follow him on the cross. So nothing is going to be easy, but we know that he's directing our path. Blessed to play Ron Meyer. Chatting today with Baltimore Ravens head coach John Harbaugh. Now, John, humility is a virtue uh, that I think is often misunderstood and it can be perceived as a weakness. But in essence, it is a strength. Can you be humble and still perform at an elite level as an athlete or a coach for that matter? You know what? That's a great point. I don't think that you can actually be not humble or be arrogant without it, it hurting your ability to perform at the highest level. I mean, there are some very talented people that can overcome that lack of humility. But if you look, I think, over time, the most humble athletes are the ones that, that have gotten the most out of their ability and the greatest confidence. Humility does not lack strength. As a matter of fact, I would say humility takes the utmost confidence in Christ, and it takes most in Christ who strengthens us. So uh, that's that's true it's power and strength. It's not weakness in any way. Yeah, very well said. John, where do you get your spiritual fuel? I mean, it's one thing that we should follow Christ, but we have to pray and make time for him to get strength. And how does John Harbaugh pray? Oh, man, that's a great question and not, and not an easy one. I, I hope I pray unceasingly, as we are instructed to do. Um, you know, my wife and I pray every night before we go to sleep, just as a, as, as part of what we do. And, and, uh, you know, I, I think, but the number one thing is through, is through the word. I mean, we are given a direct connection to, to, to God himself through his word. You know, it's interesting, you know, the word Jesus is described as the word, uh, come to life basically mm-hmm. in the Bible and, and John. So, that's really what it's all about. The Word is Jesus. Jesus is God. God and Jesus is our connect. Jesus is our connection directly to God through the Word. So, you got to be in the Word. You got to be reading. You got to be studying. You got to be learning from people that can teach you and uh, kind of unwrap it for you in, in ways. And but read it yourself and discern it yourself because it also tells us that we will be given discernment. We'll be given wisdom and understanding of the Word. You know, by God Himself. We're not going to misunderstand things through prayer and through study and. And, and by being there every single day, so not just once a day. And you know, you try my try my best. I got it sitting on my desk here, so hopefully I can get to it. You know, in, in the toughest times or right before some big things going to happen. You know, take a little quick peek in there and say, "You got something for me, God?" You know, real quick. But uh, but just being intentional about it, and also having people in my life that that really uh, reach out to me every day, really, and with strong words and strong um, uh, messages. You know, things like that that are timely and matter uh, in the moment. Yeah, the inherent word of God, the scriptures, they uh, they provide a blueprint for our life. And as you mentioned, we could turn to them for inspiration and guidance, knowing that God is speaking through the scriptures uh, to us. Blessed to play Ron Meyer chatting today with John Harbaugh. He's the coach of the Baltimore Ravens. John, I know the Ravens have a team chaplain and a priest, and Mass is said for the team. Talk about the benefits of having a Mass for the Catholic players and coaches, especially with your crazy Sunday schedules, and being able to receive our Lord in communion. Right, we do. You know, uh, we have a Mass um, before every game. Usually that's on Sunday. And uh, uh, Father Chris Watley, who's been doing it for years and years here in Baltimore, is just one of the uh, most spiritually spot-on guys that I've ever been around. I mean, he gives a great message for us every Sunday. And uh, in communion, you know, so that we're making that that, that uh, specific connection that we are, we are required to do. And uh, just 
you know, I'm not sure exactly how it all works theologically, but I believe in it. You know, I feel a lot, I feel a lot better about things when we get the, we get communion before we go play. But um, it's just been really good for us in chapel too. You know, with uh, Johnny Shelton's our team chaplain, and he's got a great message for the guys, and not just on game day, but also throughout the week and on a daily basis, one on one and in groups. So it all works together, and we have a, I think, a really strong spiritual foundation on our team. Uh, a lot of really strong uh, faith people, men, uh, players who uh, who take their faith very seriously. So it's really it's a powerful part of what, who we are. John, as the head coach, you essentially are managing over 50 players, and you see their successes and failures right before your very eyes, not only on the field but off the field as well. Does your faith life assist you in dealing with the imperfections and failings of humanity and give you some perspective? Man, I hope so. You know, it's like... We, uh, I, I know that uh, if you look back five years ago or 10 years ago or 15 or even 20 or however long, that's when you see it. You know, that's when I see how, you know, maybe God has definitely changed how I relate to people or how I feel about people, what they do and how they handle things. Um, and hopefully, you know, five and 10 years from now, it'll be that much better. Um, but if not for that, I don't know how, how you can do any job well. But I know one thing for me, I couldn't, I wouldn't have a chance to do this job well without that. John, I like to talk about, you know, as Catholics, the sacrament of confession for me is such an important sacrament because we have to humble ourselves and say, hey, I messed up here. Um, talk about God's mercy and, and turning to that uh, with one's imperfections. How important is confession for you? Well, it's critically important. You know, it's, it's important, um, the sacrament, and it's also important, you know, in mom- moment by moment. I, you know, I think when, when we... Uh, when we step outside of God's will, you know, and into into a sin area, you know, we want to talk to ourselves and tell us it's not a sin, but we're convicted pretty strongly, you know, if we're walking where we're supposed to be walking with Christ and the Holy Spirit is in us, we're going to be convicted, you know, and you know, it's uh, it's like anything else, acknowledge it right away, and, uh, and and talk to God about it, and and uh, and you make make get your relationship right again, just like we do with other people. I don't know, it seems pretty simple to me. But when we fight it and when we make excuses for it and when we refuse to acknowledge it, you know, it, it grows in the wrong in the wrong place and, and it can get out of control ultimately, obviously. So, you know, I'm I'm probably I know I'm no better than anybody else. You know, sometimes I'll I'll be in an area where it's a weakness for me and you know, I don't want to acknowledge it, but I know when I do acknowledge it and uh and uh, you know, ask for forgiveness and and that's when changes for the good start happening in my own life. John, sports could be all-consuming in our society, especially for the modern-day athlete. I know there's going to be some young athletes listening to today's show, whether it be football players or other sports. But talk about prioritizing one's faith as a young athlete. Do you have to just give everything to sports and nothing else matters, or does faith have a place in the life of a young athlete? Well, of course it does. I mean, you know, it's uh, if it if it didn't, that'd be that'd be idol. That'd be kind of uh, the Bible in the Old Testament describes it as idols. You know, it's. Anything that is placed above your relationship with your Creator is, uh, is, is 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 worshiping something that's created. I mean, make no mistake about it. And it's clear in the Bible that we all worship something. You know, whether it's money or whether it's a job or whether it's a sport or whether it's a person, whatever it is, you're going to make a choice. Nobody uh, nobody follows nothing. So um, anything that gets between you and your relationship with your Creator, God, through Christ is uh is uh is not good not good at all john at the time of this interview the nfl uh draft just concluded and i know you're part of the discussions when you're drafting players 
I know it has a lot to do with talent, but how much does character play a part in the type of collegiate players that the Ravens draft? Character is important. You know, it's. Uh, it, I would say actually it's the number one thing. And, and most of these guys, the very vast majority of these guys, have overcome a lot to get where they are. And uh, so, and, and some, some, and, and many, because football is an equal opportunity sport. Mm-hmm. So guys come from every different type of socioeconomic, racial, religious. Uh, home, geographic situation that you can imagine in our country, and um, so and and so they've overcome many difficulties to get where they are. You don't have to be a member of a country club and play golf. It's like a, like to be, become good at football. You've got you can play football, and you don't have to have lessons, private lessons, anything like that. That's why one of the things I love about football. So you know that's that's just a just a big part of what this sport is all about. So I, I think most of the guys you you kind of have to look at it from that perspective first. But then you look deeper, the issues they've had, the problems they've had. And what we try to do is get to know them individually and try to determine really what kind of a person they are. I mean, are they fundamentally humble? Do they have a good heart? Are they teachable, coachable? Are they willing to, you know, grow and learn from their mistakes? And if we find that, then, uh, you know, we're, we're okay with them. Plus the play, Ron Meyer, joined today by John Harbaugh, the head coach of the Baltimore Ravens. John, part of the Christian walk involves service, and I know you like to give back. Talk about uh, serving others, especially in your position, and giving back to the community. Well, that's one of the great things about this job. You, you get a real good chance to do that um, in ways that you could never have imagined. Last, uh, Just last week, we were down in northwest Baltimore, right where the mm-hmm. some of the worst riots had taken place, and uh, with, with a lot of the kids that were involved in it and families that were affected by it. Uh, passing out food, and then really just hanging out with people and hugging and talking and laughing and 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 being around them. So that was just one of the funnest things ever I've ever done. One of the greatest greatest days I've ever had, you know. And you want to do more of that, you know. So this is one of the great things about the job that it allows you to, to do even more of that. But that doesn't mean I move mean, people to do it one on one every single day that no one ever hears about that are down there just making so many sacrifices for people. Uh, that are the real heroes, and you know those are the people that really matter. Well, John Harbaugh pursues excellence not only on the field as a NFL head coach, but recognizes his faith life is priority as well. John, I appreciate you taking some time out of your busy day so we can get to know another side of Harbs, and I wish all good things for the Ravens, and thank you for joining us today on Blessed to Play. Thanks, Ron. It's great being with you and your audience. You have a good day. Hey, Blessed to Play fans, check us out on the web at www.blessedtoplay.com. That's blessed, the number two, play.com. You could like us on Facebook. You could also follow the show right on Twitter at Blessed to Play. For John Harbaugh, I'm Ron Meyer asking you to compete well for the faith in your everyday life. You've been listening to Blessed to Play with host Ron Meyer on the EWTN Global Catholic Network. If you have a question or comment about today's show, feel free to email us at Info at blessedtoplay.com. That's blessed, the number two, play.com. You can also connect with the show on the web at www.blessedtoplay.com. Again, that's blessed, the number two, play.com. Join us again next time for Blessed to Play on the EWTN Global Catholic Network.